0: Guys, Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. DRC remains open to supply products to other essential businesses such as medical, military defense, government, wind and... wind, energy, and food and beverage industries. They're family-owned and operated and diehard Denver sports fans. With their industry knowledge and their precise manufacturing capabilities, DRC is committed to supporting your needs, especially during these uncertain times. Be sure to call them today for any of your needs at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr.
1: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlie. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through.
0: Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy.
1: He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dog. Two hands. the Cola Jokic. Save me by Krubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Two rod, home run, Trevor Story. Lock. Ends on. Touchdown. Two for sudden! Got it! Oh man!
0: Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. It's Friday, so of course, it's time for a nice cold Breck brew, and they're offering beer and food delivery, so don't forget to check them out and use the promo code DNVR for $5 off. I ran out of all my Breck brews,
2: unfortunately. Uh-oh. That happens.
0: So I'm, I'm drinking some pineapple juice right now. <laughs>
2: I'm going to have to restock before tonight.
0: I know, especially because we're playing Jackbox, which I keep calling Jack in the Box. That's um, nice.
1: understandable.
0: <laughs> I, you just make things up sometimes. Jackbox with a bunch of subscribers and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun. But how is everyone doing?
1: <sighs> oh, tired? Can I say tired, Allie? Is that allowed?
0: Yes, you can say tired.
1: <laughs> Gorgeous day. Still recovering from the draft. Still pumping out content. Back to normal life, as I was telling Henry on the draft podcast, it's kind of sunk in that, you know, uh, the the NFL offseason was really what was holding me together. And now it's like, uh, what's next? So it's been it's been a weird, tiring week, but looking forward to this weekend more, more than I have in a while, I must say.
0: Well, don't worry, Andre. We're still talking draft. That's what this podcast is going to be about. Nice talking about the Broncos draft picks, how we think they did. And then also talking about some of our local college guys who were drafted or signed with teams. But first I'm going to have you each go around and give me your grade on the Broncos draft, starting with you, Zach.
2: A minus the Broncos. John Elway crushed his draft for a third straight year. He had 10 picks in the draft and came away with 10 players. Didn't move around, but still got the guys that I wanted him to get. And the biggest thing from this is the Broncos got three instant starters, two upgrades at wide receiver, and of course gave Drew Locke a starting national champion center.
0: All right, Andre? Andre?
1: Well put. Yeah, for me, it's an A. I'm even less picky. I thought they got one of the steals of the first round in Jerry Judy, one of the best value picks, kind of a dream scenario for the Broncos to land him.
0: Andre, how crazy was it that the board fell perfectly? Like, our mock drafts, the board didn't even fall that great.
1: No, no. I mean, I thought... Yeah, we we were getting tweets for months of people uh, doing draft simulators and having drafts similar to what the Broncos ended up with and telling them, well, yeah, if it happened, that'd be great. And then (laughs) this might have beat some of the simulators we, we had tweeted to us. So, yeah, pretty crazy to have Judy land to you in a loaded wide receiver class. We thought teams would be desperate. They were lucky that in the first 14, Only one wide out went, and they really took advantage. Then, like Zach said, you get two more instant starters in K.J. Hamler and Lloyd Cushenberry. Great value picks with both those guys who graded out as second rounders, and I really liked what they were able to do With cornerback Michael OJ Mudia from Iowa as kind of another depth piece outside a physical guy brings more size um, to the cornerback room for the Broncos. He'll be great in that Will Parks role, I think, on top of adding that depth. And then Albert O, Drew Locke's favorite target in college, I thought was a huge get. Um, so, you know, five of those 10 guys are really, really good value picks, including guard Natane Muti, who I think has incredible upside. So yeah, I thought it was really one of the best classes of this 2020 NFL draft. And this is a trend we've seen over the last couple of years for the Broncos. Hank. Yeah,
3: I I think Andre really nailed it there. (laughs) Basically every pick as Andre ran through, like it was a good pick. It's tough to find many flaws anywhere. I think I think I gave him an A- in our post-draft show. And so I'd feel like a bit of a fraud upgrading that to an A, even though I am starting Ryan to get would, more A vibes Ryan now. Ryan would
0: uh, call you a fraud if you upgraded. <laughs> ah, okay.
3: <laughs> okay, well, I'll leave him with the A-. But hey, <laughs> if you're including the undrafted free agents, Levante Bellamy, he's going to make this roster for sure. Uh, if you get to include them, then, then I'll upgrade to an A.
0: All right, Justin.
4: I'm going to give him a B. I went into this tackle really wanting or I went into this draft really wanting to get a tackle. Um, how it played out. I don't really think you can be upset. There were four really good tackles, all of them were off the board when you pick at fifteen. Jerry Judy's there, the best wide receiver in an, an incredibly deep class. i mean it, it was a really awesome draft. as they pointed out, you got multiple guys that should be starters, but the only reason I wouldn't give it an A is I'm still just concerned about that depth, that tackle I know. They seem to be excited about it. I know Drew Locke getting rid of the ball faster. All of that stuff could be a factor, but we'll see. I'm not sold just yet on Garrett Bull's.
0: And that's not just you. A lot of Broncos country is still extremely concerned. Even our very own Matt McChesney was upset that they didn't go after a tackle, and he came on uh, DNVR Draft Day Live to talk about that. What do you guys feel about that, Zach and Andre?
2: Well, that's why I gave them an A- uh, and and not not an A, because the players they got are an A-grade, but the position they didn't address is mind-baffling. Now, I totally understand, and it was a great move going with Jerry Judy in the first round, the way the draft board fell to them. Don't reach for an Ezra Cleveland or a Josh Jones there when you could have got Jerry Judy. But then those guys, those tackles slipped in the second round, and then there was still some guys there in the third round that you could have got. And the Broncos said no. Now, I know the Broncos weren't going to be able to come out of this draft filling every single need, But in my mind, they had to get wide receivers. And they had to get at least one tackle for Mike Munchak. And now you're walking away with the only tackle that you brought in this year is Hunter Watts, an undrafted guy from Central Arkansas who has the most hilarious (laughs) Photoshop job online of him in a Broncos uniform. And that was that's
1: so it. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was
2: comical. <laughs> like help a guy out. <laughs> yeah. But that's all you did. That, that is disappointing. So Justin, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Um, once they had passed up on starting tackles that that would be there, they still needed to get depth. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And there were some picks there um, in that day two range and even early day three, but it was a little tougher there. I think it's a similar situation to what we had last year with them bypassing Devin Bush, who people like me were very high on, thought it was a perfect fit. As a, you know, coverage linebacker, but they stick with what they had and it led to the emergence of Alexander Johnson. I doubt they'll be so fortunate this year where Wilkinson has an Alexander Johnson's type emergence or maybe Watts does or who knows. Uh, But, you know, just like last year with the Bush not picking bush we deferred to vic Fangio and his expertise on linebackers i think we need to defer to mike munchak and his expertise on offensive tackles the guys after the big four that did drop were all a bit length deficient and i think that was a non-starter for the broncos even though for people like me i saw some intriguing pieces who could have got away even if their length wasn't ideal
0: so a few days removed from the draft with that left tackle position do you guys think it's gonna be um oh I'm how Garrett Bowles. I don't know how I just blanked <laughs> on Garrett Bowles' name. Garrett Bowles, or do you think there's still a chance that uh the Broncos bring in someone like Jason Peters?
1: Zach, you'd know better though. Maybe Allie's brain there on Garrett Bowles's is- Name had a bit of a holding penalty, if you
2: will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I want to kick uh, you out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> bringing some Ryan to this. Yeah, oh. that's right.
1: Ryan vibes here. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I mean, John Elway said after the draft, after the draft, after he didn't get anyone in free agency and didn't get anyone in the draft, he said, we have to upgrade at left tackle. We have to get better at that position. And that is true. But the timing was just funny because you just passed up on all of the opportunities to upgrade that position. So the way they're talking about it right now is the way they're going to upgrade is by having an open open competition between Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson. And guys, if you thought Garrett Bowles wasn't getting it done, Elijah Wilkinson played right tackle for a lot of last season and was worse than Garrett Bowles by a pretty significant margin. And then you're going to have him play left tackle that's not the answer so that's why I'm not ruling out bringing in a Jason Peters and the the more days that go on when Jason Peters and some of these left tackles are unsigned the cheaper they get
0: yeah I mean I am a big Jason Peters fan love him loved him in Philadelphia he his leadership that he brings in that locker room and is huge but he is injury prone and who's going to be your backup is that you're going to keep Garrett Bowles and have him be your backup. Jason Peters has gotten hurt every season the last few years.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry that Jason Peters can't be protecting Jalen hurts this year for you. Um, but, uh, um,
0: bye Zach. Oh
2: Oh, oh, man. got kicked out. Wow. We're I are not
0: think... talking about the struggles of my Eagles fandom here.
1: <laughs> I don't think you could drink legally last time Jason Peters played all 16 games in a season, Alley.
0: I think that's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Garrett Bowles, I, if, if he's your backup swing tackle, that's great. I, I, I think we could also he...
0: learn a lot from Jason.
4: Yeah. yeah. The thing that concerns me, though, is as a college guy, when I hear, you know, that narrative or like that rhetoric, it reminds me of, when you're a team and and you don't have a quarterback, that's what they always go to. It's like, we have this open competition and they're all going to push each other. And somehow that's going to make three mediocre guys somehow like get a little bit better. And it almost never plays out that way. And I don't, I know that Bulls played better down the stretch. I know that Munchak knows more than all of us, but it just, it kind of sounds like they're going to ride with it and figure it out down the line.
1: Yeah, in grading these draft classes out, I did feel like with as many free agents still available, some teams did kind of get to a point where they said, eh, we're not going to fill that need with someone we really like at this point. We're going to kick the can down the road and see what kind of market it is." because you can go by position. There's like three worthy veterans who you could plug and play. And at tackle, it's Kelvin Beachum, who's uh, played under Mike Munchak before, Peters, who we just mentioned, and Cordy Glenn, who was traded for a first round swap just two years ago. So, you know, there are some guys who have had, I don't know about a history of success, but a history of being able to hold their own at the tackle spot in the NFL.
2: Ah, hold their own. I see what you did there, Dre. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that wasn't intentional. I'll
0: kick you out too.
2: (laughs) I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it.
0: We have some people commenting on Hank's beard. Yeah. It really is coming in, Henry.
3: I'm coming around to it too. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens in a few weeks when we all get out of here
0: You'd,
2: you would say it's growing on you wouldn't you Well, it is growing on me i'm
0: done i'm kicking you all out I don't Ryan's know what's not here, so you all decide to gang up on me with this all right well we've said it here everyone has said it but really how much better did the broncos get this offseason how could you tangibly describe it let's start with you zach
2: A lot. And and tangibly, I mean, it's by adding... This was the Drew Locke draft, and and we've said it for this entire week. And that's what you had to do. It's pretty funny that John Elway uh, comes out after the draft and says... We believe in Drew Locke, and that's why we decided to build around him. And it's funny because I, I take a step back and say, wait, so you didn't believe in Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Trevor Simeon, and so you weren't going to give them tools to succeed? Poor guys. But now <laughs> he's uh, he's given Drew Locke the tools to succeed, and Jerry Judy can instantly be a 1,000-yard receiver this year. That wouldn't sh- shock me at all, at least an 800-yard receiver to pair with Cortland Sutton. Oh, and then you get this weapon in K.J. Hamler, and he can be a weapon from the get-go because of the speed that he brings. And then you upgrade the interior offensive line, not just at center, but you also went out and got Graham Glasgow in free agency. At least the interior of the offensive line is going to be great. And so that tangibly, I mean, a couple of wins better than last season from the get-go, and, and that's just assuming Drew Locke um, it is good. If Drew Locke is great, then you're talking more than just a couple wins.
0: Going back to something you said at the beginning of that, Zach, do you think Elway sees a bit of himself in Drew right now?
2: Yeah, Some of the
0: comments he made was like, I wanted to give Drew things that I wish I had.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And last night on DNVR Watches, we watched the 1986 AFC Championship game, of course, the drive game against the Browns. And it's pretty crazy, the weapons, or should I say lack of weapons, that John Elway had until, of course, when they won the two Super Bowls, when Elway was surrounded by two Hall of Famers, a ring of famer, and another should-be ring of famer. And that's what John's saying to Drew. He's saying, I'm not going to make you th- go through a decade of having nothing to work with, and you have to drag this team on offense. I'm going to give you, you know, potentially uh, a couple of ring of famers right away in a first-round pick Noah Fant." and a first-round pick in Jerry Judy, and a second-round pick in Cortland Sutton, and a second-round pick in K.J. Hamler, and, uh, and, and by the way, two Pro Bowl running backs.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like for quarterbacks, when you have those 15-year careers, even if you're staying with one team, you're playing on so many different teams. I mean, you look at the weapons John Elway had early with the defensive line or the defense, uh, and then with the offensive line, it all just kind of shifts until you find the formula that works with a quarterback. It's just kind of cool to know for sure now what this first Drew Locke Broncos team looks like with all of these weapons, with this defense, with some holdovers from the last couple of years when they've been a very good defense. And you know what? You, you give it a run for three, four years. And if it works, there you go. You succeeded in the first third of Drew Locke's career. And then you get to try something else for the next third. Um, and if it doesn't, you still get a couple more chances down the road. But it, we have seen before our eyes, this first, iteration of the drew lock broncos be built and it's just pretty exciting right now just hard to wait for the season
1: yeah i you know maybe i'll i'll uh i'll put a little caution in here because i think the offseason was really well the the only move you could really gripe about would be the melvin gordon contract but given the longevity of it uh, I wouldn't dwell on that too much and the fact that it freed them up to address other needs in the draft. And, you know, in a lot of ways, opened them up to have a kind of A-level draft class they were able to come away with. Still, though, I think so much of, uh, you know, the additions this offseason were great. So much of their success next season, though, I do think will be determined by the key injuries they had last season and how those guys will bounce back, especially the big free agent signings from that 2019 offseason in Juwan James, who's going to be crucial for that offensive line and Bryce Callahan, who might be just as important for that secondary. And then you add the, the uncertainty around Bradley Chubb and how, how much he'll be back to a hundred percent. I think those three guys are the only thing that have me a little um, hesitant to say, Hey, they can start competing with the chiefs because on paper, once these young guys come around, I mean, the theme of the offseason is how much better the offense improved. And that's really exciting. But I do think those three recoveries from injuries uh, are, are kind of the one thing that, that have me questioning how things will go next year.
2: Well, Andre, to hop in really quick, to add to your point, when John always has talked about Bryce Callahan and Juwan James's injuries just in the past two weeks, he's been kind of cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And the cautious is the important word, because in the past, It'd be very easy for him to say, "Yep, those guys are going to be good." Instead, yep. he's saying, "Yeah, I hope that they're back." And I, I think mm-hmm. that's a very realistic standpoint. And I'm happy he's taking that approach. But the fact that he's being cautious about it makes me even more concerned.
0: Justin, what do you think?
4: It was definitely a really good off season, but to me, it, it all comes down to that left tackle. I don't want to like beat the you know keep going back to this over and sure. over and over again. But it's great that you have these weapons you go get Hamler in the second round and he's your Tyree kill type wide receiver, that deep threat that can beat you over the top. But even looking past the chiefs, like you got to worry about Joey Bosa and the chargers and protecting mm-hmm. your quarterback. And so, you know, can they come in right away and get this offense rolling with guys like Melvin Gordon? Can they have no fan, make an impact right away? Like he was able to with Drew lock down the stretch I'm I'm optimistic. I think there's definitely reason to be excited about this offense especially with all the weapons that they have. But they're, you know, it wasn't a perfect offseason. That's I just, I just want to point that out. Yeah,
3: it is still a problem at tackle for sure, but I think that they were they had enough assets to fill a lot of the holes that they had but not all of them. And they kind of just had to pick one. And if the option is KJ Hamler or one of the second round uh, tackles that was still available, I would definitely be taking KJ Hamler. I think that that's the right move because, you know, that third receiver is a starter just as much as a left tackle is a starter. And I think that he's more valuable than any of those left tackles because they probably aren't going to play until next year. As much as you'd like to solve that problem for next year, so you don't go into the offseason knowing you're losing Garrett Bowles and you don't have a replacement, now at least you only have one problem to deal with next off season. And And that's
4: fair, especially with it being a Pat Shermer offense and them wanting to spread out everything and, and really, you know, stretch defenses a little bit. So, An up-tempo and up tempo and stuff, right? Yeah. That's what I was doing there. I wasn't saying speed up your point. <laughs> <laughs> <Up-tempo>. <laughs>
1: Today, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we
0: have someone in the comments saying, "Why do you think the national media is still putting us towards the bottom half of the league?" I've seen where the Raiders and Chargers are ranked higher than the Broncos. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that. A lot of the national media didn't watch Drew Locke play in those final games. The Broncos were done. The Drew, the me, national media was focused on other things. It kind of reminds me of the same reason why the national media, anytime there was a quarterback available, was like, oh, well, maybe the Broncos, same with Jameis Winston, guys like that. And I think it's just because they haven't really paid attention to what's going on in Denver. And so they're just putting them in that category.
1: Yeah, it's yep. totally based on Drew Lock's perception. Totally. And we see this all the time. You have a guy you weren't as high on in the draft, you're reluctant to believe he's the real deal if he starts to succeed um in the NFL. You'll basically you're delaying eating crow on Drew Lock, and I think that's what a lot of these national guys are doing.
0: Keep talking. My computer just dropped from 40 to two. So I will be right back, but let's keep talking about that question. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Well, yeah. And and, Ali, you you nailed it. That's exactly why uh, the Broncos uh, aren't getting some credit is because people don't believe in Drew Locke. They see a second round quarterback, like Andre said, a lot of national people uh, are starting to have to kind of tread backward on what they Mm -hmm. thought about Drew Locke and, and why he fell to the second round. Because at least last year, he he proved he proved to be really good. And yeah, he went out in the Texans game. But then those national people come back and say, well, look at him and what he did in the Chiefs right. game. And that was probably the game that most people watched of Drew Locke in terms of a national mm-hmm. perspective. And it was his worst game. It was also in the middle of a, a, a terrible snowstorm. So I don't think anyone really expected him to go out and succeed. But when people buy into Drew Locke, they're going to go from maybe zero where they feel about the Broncos now to 90 because they're going to say, Oh my gosh, Drew Locke's good. And he has KJ Hamler, Courtney Sutton, uh, Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant, uh, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, all of these pieces. And then, Oh, by the way, the Broncos are spending the most money on the defensive side of the ball of any team in the league. And Mm -hmm. they have this defensive guru in Vic Fangio. So I, I think, and you've kind of seen it over the past week. I've seen a lot of national media members start feeling this way about the Broncos and it does go from like 0 to 100 like that for people.
3: Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh there's a big gap between the the high end of the evaluations of the Broncos from the national media and the low end. So you see a bunch that have them in like that 25-26 range, but also Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports has the Broncos at number 10, which could even be a little bit optimistic. Um, at least at this point, until we see it all come together on the field. And, and I think that's just where the Broncos are when you're in this transition stage, kind of going from an outside-the-playoffs team to being a likely playoff team. Some people are going to jump on the train sooner than others, and some people, like maybe Frank Schwab, might be a little bit
2: ahead of the pace here. Well, welcome back, Allie. And and Hank, j- just to, uh, to, to go off that, Frank Schwab, I believe, lives in Denver. So he is a guy that <laughs> has seen <laughs> Drew Locke. And has seen what he does and what he brings. So that that's maybe one of the big reasons why he has him, he's so optimistic about, about him.
4: Well, there you go. <laughs> Are you guys worried at all about defenses having an entire offseason to adjust? I mean, obviously everybody in Denver is really excited about Drew Locke, but I guess if I was playing devil's advocate here, even if you were intrigued by this offense, even if you were intrigued by the potential that Drew Locke brings, the the counter is always. Can he do it again in year two now that defenses know what he's about? Because, you know, as we all know, he came in, he stepped in, and it wasn't like defenses had been preparing for him all season.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting because watching the tape, I'm not sure there's a ton you can't key in a ton of, like, his success stemming from stuff they were doing schematically. He was just good at making plays off script, extending plays with his legs, making nice throws from awkward platforms because pressure was coming and stuff. So I think maybe one of the ways you adjust is teams didn't really uh, respect that deep passing game and had to a little more with locks. So maybe you see a few more safeties deep and that allows the Broncos to run the ball more. Now that's going to test that young interior offensive line to really get their stuff together soon and be able to run. I think another part of it is maybe the defense isn't getting as much respect because on paper they look great. But with all the injuries last year, no one was talking about the Broncos as an elite defense, even though we know they could pretty quickly be a top five unit with all the pieces coming together and being consistent.
2: Justin, I think it's a fantastic question. Um, and yeah, I am concerned about that. And that's why with Paxton Lynch, it was such a concern because quarterbacks, rookies, it's not a surprise to see them jump out to a good start uh, when they first start playing because NFL's NFL defenses don't know how to adjust to them. Uh, and then when Paxton wasn't good even then, that was a huge red flag. And with Drew Locke, he was good. And now the the NFL will adjust, and then it's on Drew Whether if he can adjust, and if he can adjust, then he's a legit franchise quarterback. The good thing is, we'll know that by the end of this year because maybe teams don't have enough on tape until the first five games of the season, but then they'll be able to counter in the next five games. And then the Broncos will have, you know, six games after that to see if he can counter that and if he can be their guy moving forward.
0: Miguel here brings up a good point. Also, you do have a new offensive coordinator, so the game plan is going to change. Plus, You've just added a lot of speed and a lot more right. receivers to your offense, so I think that will also play a part in it.
4: I think at this point we've basically completely shot down my my retort. So we're good. We yeah. can be invited. <laughs> Broncos are winning the Super Bowl. Drew Lock for AFC MVP. I don't know, let's yeah. do it.
0: As as Ryan said on the DNVR I'll draft day live M-
4: MVP, sorry, plan
0: the parade. Which let me tell you, my dad was pretty. As a Philadelphia native and Eagles fan, he was pretty upset with Ryan for saying plan the parade. Like, oh. okay, calm down, Broncos fans. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, you sound like such an Eagles fan right now. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys might've noticed that I didn't talk about Manscaped to start this podcast, but don't worry. We're still talking about them right now. If you've purchased or used this product, you already know Manscaped is the best in men's below the belt grooming, and they have the right tools for the job. If you don't, what are you waiting for? Honestly, besides just below the belt grooming, you can do a lot with that lawnmower, right, Henry? You gave yourself a quarantine haircut with the lawnmower
3: and it worked perfectly. Like you- I, I, the, the way it works is like, you just have to look in the mirror and see like, huh, this part sticks out just a little bit too much and I just clean it up. I bet from the side, it doesn't look nearly as good, but from the front, it looks like it's supposed to. It's a perfect Are you sure? product.
0: Why do we have the, the hat going then?
3: Uh, because I didn't take a shower today or yesterday. Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: <wow.
1: laughs> well, oh. I'm, I'm so
0: sad. I, I'm so sad. I know so much about these products, but I, I hope that you used the the reviver, de-
1: the, reviver, the yeah. Yeah.
0: deodorant. Yeah, that's oh, right. <laughs> anyway,
1: bounce back for those balls. I'm glad, though, we're <laughs> doing the segment because I was afraid we shaved it away. <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> oh
0: <laughs>
2: that You're was done. predictable. My, <laughs>
0: Don't forget to use the code DMVR20 for 20 percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. All right, Andre, that's I your that's your it. second strike, I think.
1: No, that uh, was one. I've had uh, one strike. Andre, uh, okay.
0: high five! High five I, for, uh,
4: for getting
1: picked
2: uh,
4: out. Uh, other no, way. Other,
0: other <laughs> way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is hard, isn't it? <laughs> Ali's
4: like the NBA ref that is loose with the T's. You, you, you argue one little call and she's hitting you with it. I don't yeah, want to hear it. That's right. That's
0: true. See, even Ryan says, I'm so proud. So even he's saying that you guys I'm I'm not proud, all right?
2: True.
0: <laughs> but I guess we can keep having fun because I've got a little game for us all with right. finishing up Ooh. talking some Broncos. You guys know the game Like Mary Kill. There's another word for the first Uh, one. Yeah, yeah, of
1: course.
0: Uh, Well, let's do some of that for the Broncos draft picks, but with cut, keep trade cut. All right? Okay.
3: Oh,
4: wow. I love it. Let's
0: start off. Okay, each of you are going to have to tell me it. Okay, who wants Justin, we'll go first with you.
4: Okay. (laughs) Probably good because I know the least.
0: (laughs) Keep trade cut. KJ Hamler, Lloyd Cushenberry, or Albert Okwabunam. Oh, man. Only we'll hmm. get to
4: keep one in that situation. Yep. Uh that's, that's I'm keeping like, I gotta keep Cushionberry because I've been preaching offensive line this entire podcast. And so I true. think I'd come right. off critical <laughs> if I didn't it's take so him. True. And I guess I would cut Albert O, which would be really tough to do, but I really like what you have in Noah Fant. I don't want to lose that deep threat option. Man, and plus. Gotta commit to Cushionberry because he just seems like a stand-up guy. Like if I want to co- really commit to someone, you want to trust him, I feel like I can trust Cushionberry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you're trading Hamler.
4: Yep. Trading Hamler, getting some uh getting some capital back.
0: All right, Henry. Keep trade cut.
4: I think Justin made some good points.
3: Um when I'm looking at it, I'm saying, who is going to pan out? You know, you don't want to you don't want to be trading away the guy that works out and holding on to one of the risks. This is how I'm seeing it. So so I would rather hold on to Cushionberry because I'm sure that he is going to be the long term answer at center. As much as I think that K.J. Hamler is going to be a great receiver, there is still a little bit of risk. You know, he's kind of small. You, you've seen receivers at least have like slow starts. I think there could be some nervous moments. Um, meanwhile, as a second round pick, go, go see if you can get yourself a second rounder back next year. Alberto, I really, I, I really fought with myself here. I wanted to find a way to keep him with Drew. You know, I, I think that he could be like the third down converter for Drew. That's what he said. That that's what they were like. Missouri. Uh, I don't know. Now, I like the idea. You know, there are only two two uh, tight ends in the entire NFL that ran a faster forty yard dash at the combine than either Fant or Okwegbonam. They have the third and fourth fastest forty times of any tight end. Um, right. But I still just can't hold on. As much fun as that sounds, he's cut
4: buffs and rams in harmony
0: yep interesting hank
2: Hank, who are you calling a small guy (laughs) (laughs) sorry zach i I didn't even think of what that could mean
3: for you if i'm saying that about kj hamler he's a big boy kj
2: has 15 pounds on him he's a big boy
4: yes another big boy
2: (laughs) And so Shut to up. me, I, I got to keep that big boy. He's sticking <laughs> He's sticking with me. I'm keeping KJ Hamler because uh, guys, if you get rid of KJ Hamler, what what is the, the whole talk of this draft turn, turn into? Instead yeah. of speed and weapons for Drew and everything, it turns into, okay, you got a fantastic receiver in Jerry Judy. Then it turns into like an all around draft, but that's not what this was. This was building a track team on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm keeping KJ Hamler, but I do agree with both of you. Uh Lloyd Cushenberry, I feel more comfortable being a long term starter for a long time. And and so it is a little tough uh to to not pick him. But you got Mike Munchak. You got the best offensive line coach for the position that what it's the second most least valuable offensive line position on, on the team. Uh you plug Austin Schlottman in there, whatever, <laughs> and and let let Mike no. Munchak work his magic. <laughs> and although it's tough to to uh, to cut uh, Drew Locke's good friend Alberto, you you do that move Drew will have a good friend in Jerry Judy. So then I am trading Cushionberry cuz I think he has some value.
0: Man, everyone cut an Albert. Oh. All right.
2: Okwebunam.
0: <laughs> we say his full name.
2: Impressive. I mean, um, some some do some don't. don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Real quick, someone said what adult beverage goes well with pineapple juice? Tequila all the way. Yes, I don't have tequila in here yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. (laughs) I like that. Um, All right,
0: Andre. I guess I've trade cut.
1: Yeah, I've come full circle with uh, with this because initially the initial reaction, I think the the correct answer at first was what Justin said. You trade Hamler. You keep Kush. It should be extend or you like Kush. It should be extend. And then you cut Mm -hmm. Albert. O. Now, cutting Albert O, I think, is the logical solution. But boy, do I feel bad about the signal this sends to Drew. I mean, Mm. Drew Locke and I, we're breaking quarantine. We're having some long (laughs) sit-downs. Maybe we're going to Elway's. We're having a little illegal steak dinner out and about. Uh Like, we are really making sure he's on board. I'm telling you, look, Ali's forcing me to do this. We do not. We drafted him to keep him. Ali is forcing us to do this, so we we our hands are tied. Um,
0: you really paint in the real picture. Well, I really yeah. feel like I'm in the room being blamed.
1: You know me. I'm I'm reading stories to two year olds all day, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got this down. Um, and then I think you know, Ham- so Hamler does have the better trade value, I think, which makes him more intriguing to trade because obviously speed at wide receivers at a premium. I also think he's the much harder piece to replace, which is why I was drafted higher and why he's he would give you a better return. So I think I'm extending Hamler. I'm That's trading not Cushenberry, deep. and I'm cutting Albert O after some long sit-downs with <laughs> Drew Locke. Because, you know, we have Patrick Morris, who could play at center, Munchak likes. We have Elijah Wilkinson, who I think is fine at guard, and you can push either Reisner or Glasgow at center. So we've got a few more options. Even Natane Muti, my guy, could play at guard and move those guys at center. I feel a lot better about the options we have to replace Cushenberry as the starting center than I do finding an emergency slot receiver at this point in the offseason.
0: Everyone in the comments is really, really putting down my tequila love, and I'm not very happy about it. We got tequila does not play well with others. Wow well and then you know what does play well with everyone breck brews that's true it's but i don't right. have any breck brews
2: <laughs> then
0: nine out of ten of my bad decisions have been made after a few extra tequilas that's on you
3: <laughs> nine out <laughs> of ten of all of my decisions have been made after a few extra tequilas
2: so <laughs>
0: of proportionally it makes sense <laughs> problematic just all decisions
4: period that henry makes good I and think- bad mediocre
0: and then nine out of ten people would agree with that statement i think everyone here has had to take a shot with me at one point i have not you haven't (laughs) wow that's (laughs) That's really upsetting i thought about just
4: going along with it to like not ruin the moment but we got to be honest
0: well dnvr bar that's where all the tequila they wanted to name a like buying like four tequila shots the
2: alley (laughs) it's fun
0: it's light you're having fun Anyways, Miguel, he said, "I'm gonna have to try that tequila and pineapple." I my go-to drink is tequila and tequila soda with a splash of pineapple. Try that one; that one's a little better. Mm. But
2: oh man, it feels like a Friday.
0: Next, next <laughs> group. All right, keep trade cut uh, McTilvin Aguim. Mm. Albert Oquebunam, oh. and M- Nah Mooti. i blanked out his name
1: natane natane
0: (laughs) all right andre you start
1: (sighs) mooty Albert O. who was my third i forgot the first game oh yeah shoot oh man this one is brutal (laughs) i think i'm cutting a game um i like him i see the upside there's other guys on the roster who bring similar upside i wonder about his fit on the first two downs against the run so i'm cutting him then man i really think albert O's is gonna get you the better trade return and they already have a lot of tight ends and they're gonna cut them but as i've mentioned they're pretty set on the interior offensive line as well and moody's injuries concern me I'm really intrigued by what they want to do with Albert O. So I am extending Albert O and I am
2: trading Natane Muti. Well,
0: Yay. <laughs> Albert O didn't get cut this time. Albert O
1: lives. Yes.
2: Well, and Albert O is going to live in my world too because, Dre, I'm going the exact same formula as you. I'm, despite not being drafted higher than Ajim, I'm still keeping him because of just what he brings with Drew Locke, that connection. Yeah that speed to have two dangerous tight ends. I mean, how often do you find that? You you never find it outside of what New England had, and one of those guys was very dangerous off the field. Uh, So I'm keeping Alberto, and I'm cutting Ajim, despite being the highest drafted Mm. guy of this group, Uh, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to convince everyone that Muti is healthy and that he is the best guard in this draft class, just like he said, or at least you know, a second, third round value and try to get that value back.
0: All right, Hank.
3: See, this is a tough one because I think if you had told me before the draft, I get to pick one of these three to keep and one to pick to trade. I mean, I I, I don't think I'm keeping Albert Okuegbunam, but because he was drafted and because you've already shown Drew Locke that he's going to be part of the team, I'm not going to just tease Drew like that. Like I'm not going to <laughs> take Albert Okawegnam, get Drew all excited, and then send him back out. Um, yep. so you have to keep him. You have to keep him. Um, and then out of the other two, it's it's just if, if you're not gonna have either on the roster, which one you're going to get more for? I think it's a game. Mm. And I think yeah. that I, I think that you have to I, I think that you have to trade him. All right, Justin.
4: Yeah. Mm. <sighs> I'm keeping Mooty because we're sticking with the offensive line thing. Oh yeah, it's your brain. I want to I want to zag when everybody zigs.
2: <laughs> and
4: I love uh, I'm gonna break Drew's heart. It's gonna be tough, but we're gonna trade Albert O because I think, like Andre said, he's a fast tight end. They're they're valued in this league. I think you could probably get something for him. Yeah. Maybe you could get a little more for a game, but.
1: yeah it's a tough call there I I really it'd be interesting to see if they had passed on him in the third round how how high would he have gone Mm -hmm. exactly yeah
0: all right well in the comments it really is a Friday it's the weekend before we get to a certain comment that's asking us about a keep trade cut It's going to be beautiful outside guys. And unfortunately you're stuck at home, but fortunately you could and should go restock on some of your favorite adult beverages at Davidson's beer, wine and spirits. Don't forget that supporting our partners is supporting us. So download Davidson's app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program. Plus their sales floor is back up and running in Centennial and Highlands ranch. So definitely go check that out. The keep trade kill i keep wanting to say the real game the keep <laughs> trade cut uh is keep or er, where is it cut keep trade cut vodka tequila whiskey oh i'll go first we're we're married all to tequila. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're trading vodka and we're cutting whiskey
1: what i think okay. you'd get better value for whiskey though yeah
0: <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess that's true. That's
1: so I think true. I no
0: agree. One really, I just reversed no one, the last no two. one really likes vodka. So no. we'll we'll switch it to trading whiskey and just cutting vodka altogether. Nice. Justin? You got
2: you gotta keep tequila. Yeah. Yep. yep. No way. Uh. I'm trading tequila
4: because I know I can get value for it if I trade it to some sorority girls. I'm locking down whiskey because whiskey will cure Sorry, my girls problem. girls are all
0: about that vodka. You know that. Well,
4: mm, that's a good point. <laughs> all right. I'll cut tequila just to zag, I guess. We'll just to zag. <laughs> yeah. No other reason. Just to zag.
1: Just to zag. <laughs>
0: Tequila is the way to go. I can't can't wait for everyone to go down to the DNVR bar. There is an incredible um, whiskey mule on the menu. If you want it with tequila, they'll make it for you. Um, Then there's a great margarita. And then, of course, we've got all the top alcohol and Breck brews you'd want. So I can't wait till we can get back to the DNVR bar.
1: Yeah, bring your sleep sack, Justin. You're not going home that night. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Especially if you've never drank tequila with me. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Oh, AJ always gets so mad. I think AJ and Andre and uh, Eric always ask for another type of shot instead of taking the tequila shot with me, which is pretty disappointing.
2: Oh, yeah, no fun. Oh, if somebody else
4: is buying it, you just have to take it. That's the rule. Like It doesn't matter what it is. If you like it, if you hate it, if no. you're allergic to it, you just got to take it. <laughs> no,
0: I'm nice and I'll, I'll, I'll let them take their Jaeger shot instead because that's punishment in itself, taking a Jaeger shot over a tequila shot. But anyways,
1: disappointing the women in my life—a real theme of this quarantine for me. You stepped up to the plate and added yourself to that list. Uh, That's
0: true. Kate will always take a tequila shot with me.
1: That's true. Yep, she does not disappoint. I'm (laughs) like, all
0: right, off-season. Let's play this game with off-season acquisitions. Keep trade cut. Melvin Gordon, AJ Boyer, or Jerrell Casey.
4: Justin, Ooh.
0: or we'll start with Andre first.
1: Okay, two of these guys just got traded, so we kind of know their value. True. And then there's a running back who was around for like ten days in free agency before the Broncos <laughs> arguably overpaid him just a smidge. <laughs> um, so that's to be considered. I think I'm keeping. Oh, man. So many factors in play. (laughs) I think I'm keeping Bouye. Um, I think he's just the more valuable asset and plays the more valuable position. I will then... I'm going to try... I'm going to... Shoot. Yeah, I'm trading Casey. I have to trade Casey. I think that's going to get me a better return. Too. I can cut Gordon and I feel better about being able to find some running back along the way to replace him. That's a tough one though. That is a tough one.
0: You got someone in the comments agreeing with you completely.
2: Mm, nice. Yeah. Nice. That, that's, that's probably the wise way to go Dre, but I'm going to roll the dice on this one because Love keeping, when that rolls the dice. <laughs> keeping Jarrell Casey gives your defense an opportunity to, to be absolutely lethal, Mm, but more lethal than we've really ever seen, including the 2015 Super Bowl defense. Because could you imagine getting that the, if Shelby Harris can be that, or that, uh, um, oh my gosh, Malik Jackson type of role. Mm, And then Jarrell Casey is even better than Derek Wolf was. And then you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb at their peak your cornerbacks aren't going to matter as much. So you trade AJ Boye because you know you can get a fourth round pick for him. Uh, and then, like you said, Dre, uh, Melvin Gordon was available for a long time, so I just don't think his value is that much. And right. you have a Pro Bowl running back in Phillip Lindsay there, so his value, unfortunately, just is not there for the Broncos. So I'm rolling the dice. I think the smart way to go and the way the Broncos would go is they would keep Boye, but I'm keeping Jarrell Casey. Oof.
0: All right, Hank.
3: I really want to pound the table for Melvin Gordon. I just need to get that out there that this whole time I've been trying to justify pounding the table for Melvin Gordon. I just can't quite do it. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why is not the reason that you think the reason why is because of Levante Bellamy, the undrafted free agent running back who is going to be good enough as the number two, because the way I see it, Phil, you don't want him taking every touch. You don't want him on the field every down. You want him splitting time with somebody. The problem hasn't been that uh, he hasn't been getting enough touches. It's been that the other touches are going to Royce Freeman, and, and, and then they lose the ball, they have to punt, whatever, and so he doesn't get back on the field. I think Levante Bellamy is enough, though, that you don't have to take Melvin Gordon. Here's what I'll do, though. I'll keep A.J. Boye, keep that secondary nice, but then... I am going to trade Melvin Gordon because I want to pick where this man is going and I'm going to make sure he's not going somewhere that, uh, he is going to play the Broncos next year. That's how
4: I see him. All right. Yep. Wow.
0: Interesting one. Justin.
4: I think I got to agree with Zach on this one. I think if you were going
0: to say Henry again.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, if you keep, if you keep Casey, I really like what that brings to the potential the defensive line especially with what you already have on the outside. With Chris Harris Jr moving on, it would make me a little concerned to move on from Bouye, but I think you could trade him and I think like they said, you know, you could get a fourth round pick for him. And unfortunately, you're cutting Melvin Gordon, I guess, and like you know, I wouldn't want to play him next year like Henry said, but also he's a guy who really, I mean, he's only produced at the highest level. One time in the NFL, maybe two times if you talk about before he got hurt. But I don't. Yeah, that's I. I gotta agree with Zach. Loved it, you think of This
0: game, guys. Loved it. Yeah, this is a blast. Good. I'm glad. I it was fun to come up with some of the scenarios. But before we wrap up, we got to talk about some college and some of our local college players that were drafted. Of course, we have to start off talking about Laviska Chenault, who was drafted in the second round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I tweeted this. I'm so happy he went early in the second round because I think he deserves that. But oh, Jacksonville, we'll yeah. see how we'll see how he does there. What do you guys think?
3: You know, it's so weird to talk about Visca after talking about all these other players because Visca is a player who I actually personally care about. Yeah. And so, and so my first thought isn't, well, he's big and fast and will fit into whatever role in the scheme and all that kind of stuff that we talk about when we're talking about football prospects. Instead, with Visca, I think. Oh no! The NFLPA actually sent out a letter to every player in the NFL a year ago that said 25 percent of the grievances filed against a team in the NFL come against the Jaguars, and they're they're finding players for nonsense. Nobody wants to play for them. That's why they have to trade away all the stars. So that's where my mind jumps: is that that's just a toxic place, and it's been toxic for a while. Um, you know, they they did lose Tom Coughlin; they fired him after two years. He was like their elway but then they've also had a gm under elway and so maybe that cleans things up but that scares me in terms of the scheme though i've always been saying that he, he should be going to west coast offense you get jay gruden in there he's very experienced running that offense uh, i think that that's a good fit you, you'd prefer he's with sean payton or a uh, kyle shanahan or somebody like that but a jay gruden that's a that's a t- top half of the league in terms of scheme that would fit with Visca, and in terms of a coach who will properly utilize Visca until he's ready to just be a true receiver next season.
0: Andre, what do you think? Yeah. Justin
4: was, Oh, go ahead. Justin. I was just going to say, you know, as a CSU alum, I'll say thank God that they don't have to play this guy anymore because standing (laughs) next to him on the sideline, like he is legitimately a freak. And
0: this is a conversation
4: that Henry and I have had on multiple podcasts and private conversations, but you could take LaVisca Chanel and you could line him up anywhere and he's going to succeed. He could be a running back. He could be a receiver. He could be a defensive end. He could be a linebacker. You could put him anywhere because he's just a great football player. I am. I am concerned about the infrastructure of the Jaguars, like Henry brought up with the, you know, 25% of the grievances really, if you're looking at the Jags, other than like their run in the nineties. And I know they made an AFC championship game a couple of years ago, kind of fluky with that defense like the best thing this franchise has ever done is like get referenced on the good place. And it's just not, it's not a good place. It's where careers go to die. I'm rooting for Visca, even as a CSU guy, just because he seems like a really good dude, obviously very exciting. And I, and I feel bad that he slipped even to the second round because when healthy, he's absolutely a first round talent.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. You know, the Jaguars, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical about how they might best utilize him and stuff. Though I think if they use do use him a bit as a running back in that West Coast, he complements their other star receiver, DJ Char, quite nicely. Um, you know, he'll have Gardner Minshew, like, last, uh, in 2018, where there are two more exciting players in the Pac-12 than Minshew and Visca. Now they're, you know, one's passing the ball to the other. That's kind of fun. That'll be interesting. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it, really, I'm just happy you went in the top 45, we'll see what happens with the Jaguars. Luckily those star players who have left, it's not like they're on the streets begging for money. They're at better teams and are being highly compensated. So hopefully Visca can just stay healthy, maximize his potential and whether it works out in Jacksonville or not, it doesn't really matter.
2: Well, and Justin said it, that Jacksonville is where it feels like careers go to die. Yeah. More than anything, more than any other team in the league, that's where careers are just absolutely ruined. And unfortunately, Visca's going to need some some nurturing, not just from his past injury, because it seems like everything's checking out. But this is a guy, I mean, you guys all know very well that this is a guy that gets injured all the time. And at CU, he played through a lot of those injuries, and I just feel like Jacksonville, a lot of those grievances were, were for medical reasons, and uh, the, the coaches and organization just trying to rush players back and, and treat them the wrong way, and that's not what Visca needs. He, he needs to be handled the right way. Now, if he has Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball in one year from now, I think I'm going to feel a lot different in this way but i feel bad for him not not going in the second round because because i'm happy that that he didn't slide too far but i just i i feel bad for him
3: jumping back to that versatility thing that justin brought up though uh mel tucker once told me that he and his staff thought that visco would put up at least seven sacks if they let him play both ways as an edge rusher um i believe it eventually oh, yeah. they never got to those conversations whether that's something they would even consider doing situationally because they knew with the injuries they didn't want to risk him back there but right. they had right. talked about what he <laughs> would do as an outside linebacker on that defense well, that's Insane. incredible visca
0: answers questions um on his instagram a lot and a lot of people always ask him like did you ever consider playing running back he was like he always says i would love to play running back i loved that position but too many injuries which makes sense mm-hmm. yeah well, I selfishly was hoping Visca to the Eagles so that Kobe's little prophecy would have come true and we could have oh, seen yeah. a Chanel on the back of an Eagles jersey because I know he would have loved that. But we did get a buff on the Eagles team, so I am excited. Davion Taylor was drafted by the Eagles in the third round, and I am really excited for him to be a bird.
1: Yeah. yeah. They only added speed this offseason. It's crazy. Go ahead, Hank.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, again, with the speed, four three nine, Uh Davion, I, I wrote about this with both these yeah. guys. It fits with both these teams. But the Eagles could not be a more perfect landing spot. All those concerns I have about going to play for the Jaguars, not even worried about scheme or any of that, none of those with the Eagles. I know people are kind of mad at the GM right now because of the way the draft went. We don't need to dig into that. But long-term, <laughs> I mean, they've, they've had the same owners since, like, 1994, the same GMs since, like, 20. 12 or something like that and he's been uh with the organization even longer the coaches have been there the linebackers coaches have been there and then you look at the schemes they they have that great defensive line the theory almost seems to be let's just get the run game stopped with the defensive lines so that we can use our linebackers and coverage and and so when you look at davion who's under 230. He's might may even be under 225. He's a little bit undersized to play linebacker, but you look at the linebackers they have there. Jatavis, uh, Jatavis Brown. Is that his name from, uh, the chargers? he he signed there with a one-year deal like a million dollars he's only weighing in at like 212 pounds and he's going yeah. to be their starting weak side linebacker with Davion Taylor waiting in the wings behind him that's just the perfect defense for somebody like him who may not be able to stand up to uh, offensive linemen in the running game but who will be able to cover and especially when he isn't asked to play the running game all that much
0: Henry I'm interested to hear what you think about this i was listening to some eagles podcasts about davion taylor and i think eagles fans were just upset in general about the draft Mm -hmm. but they weren't too excited about davion being drafted in that third round because they think he has potential but he's not ready to go nfl talent
3: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And usually when you look at those first three rounds, that's where you're looking for guys who are first round or are ready to play a uh, day one, at least contribute with Davion. You know, he he's played football for the first time as a freshman at a junior college. He didn't even play high school football. He is still yeah. pretty raw and he has the flashes, but it's, it's more of, a uh, it, it's not strategic as much as it's look, there's that guy with the ball. I can get him down because I'm a great athlete. There isn't as much with the senses and the IQ and and you see the flashes of it and you can see it's developing, but it's still just not all the way there yet. And that's why I think that one year deal um, for the linebacker in front of, on the depth charts, perfect. And maybe he sees time um in a sub package as a slot defender, because that's a role that you can teach somebody Fairly quickly, um, especially because it's similar to what he's played in two different defensive schemes with different responsibilities these last two years in Boulder.
4: I know the CSU fans probably want me to come on here and, and talk trash, but Davion is actually a guy who I was hoping would potentially end up in Denver. I think he would have been a huge upgrade in pass coverage from Josie Jewell. I think, you know, like you said, he's still really raw and there are some things he needs to improve upon. But. All of the skills are there. And if he pans out, man, I think he's honestly maybe viewed as a steal down the line just because, you know, all that raw talent is there. And th- th- he's a guy who I expect to have a pretty nice career.
2: Uh, I thought he was actually destined to land in Denver just because yeah, I, thought like he, it, man. Uh, yeah, I thought he may fly under the radar just a bit and the Broncos snag him in the fourth. And maybe that was just too good to be true, as as the draft said, uh, with the Eagles grabbing him in the third. But this guy just seems to be a, a great Vic Fangio linebacker can f- fit a specific need can be very versatile uh, and when I think of him I think of Danny Trevathan potentially and, and what he could have brought to the Broncos defense I was I th- I thought the Broncos liked Visca I didn't know where he was going to go I knew the Broncos really liked him and and I just thought it was going to happen.
1: So interesting. He really fits the mold and the Broncos did this with a lot of players. He's raw on the field, but what you like is character wise. He is such a good kid. And every step of the way, he was given a different responsibility, When he first arrived at Colorado, then last year on in mill Tucker's defense, another responsibility. Then at the senior bowl, he's asked to play more as a conventional middle linebacker. He learns, he improves. He might not pick it up right away. The, The potential and, uh, you know, athleticism jumps off the screen. That's easy to see, but he's one of these high character raw guys who you're gambling on because of that high character. They can take some coaching, bring themselves along. And that'll allow them to achieve their full potential more than more some some dubious off field guys. Let's say.
0: All right, the last guy, last Buff drafted was Arlington Hambright from the Chicago Bears. He went to the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Henry, what would you think of that?
3: Um, super happy for him. Of course, is where you have to start. But uh, <laughs> he, he, it was not one. He was not somebody I thought was going to get drafted. I um, didn't either. You know, I, I, on the Buffs Pod, we did our pre draft <laughs> preview. Um, I thought that Tony Brown had a better shot. I thought S- Steven Montez definitely had a better shot. Uh, even a guy like Alex Changham, I thought maybe built better for the NFL. Um, but then after he was chosen um, for a second, there I was like, wait, Arlington Hambright's name just popped up on the screen
0: i know i had a double take
3: (laughs) exactly and then you start thinking about it and you're like you know what we were talking about him this way halfway through the season things kind of got a little bit sloppier toward the end of the season but up until that until that point you would have put him right up there with a tony brown with a steven montez in terms of draft odds um again things got ugly but things got ugly during that tough stretch of games they're playing utah for example um he will probably move inside uh he 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 has that body he's six foot five 300 pounds the arms are a little bit short which is why he'll move inside but again he's a good developmental prospect and he has an an nfl offensive line body and that means that there are going to be some teams who want to take a chance on him Uh, so you could see that panning out for him for sure
0: All right, well, you heard a lot of Henry on these. You can definitely go listen to his podcast because the Buffs also had some undrafted free agents be signed like Steven Montez, Tony Brown, and Derek Abrams. So definitely go check that out. And we are going to wrap up the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. It's a Friday. Go get a Breck brew. Go have a great night. And be sure to watch us and play along at Jackbox tonight. It's going to be a good one. Uh, We had someone who said, Miguel said, hey, Andre, I have my shirt on its way. Can't wait.
1: Nice. Yeah, back in stock. Get yours.
0: (laughs) You can go. Oh, Bronco's items, Bronco's gear are 25% off if you're a member. So definitely go check that out. I've got my little TDSP style shirt on at dnvrlocker.com. And we will see you guys next week.